0: Hello and welcome back to Commodity Conversations by the team at Mikado, the podcast where we aim to keep you up to date with the latest trends, drivers and moves in livestock, grain and oilseed and fibre markets. My name is Olivia Agar, thanks for listening into to episode 218. We've covered most agricultural markets here on Commodity Conversations, but today is most definitely a first. We're talking about the horse market. Mark Barton is our special guest today and is Nutrient Ag Solutions Livestock Agent based in Wagga and is a driving force behind Australia's premier camp draft competition and performance horse sale, the Nutrient Classic, which is just wrapped up for 2023. We're going to hear the history behind the event, how the horse market is traveling, and what the advantages are of using horses in working with cattle. But before we get into the episode, the main market release this week was the USDA's World Agricultural Supply and Demand Report. Overall, it was a pretty mild report, no major surprises. For wheat, the forecast for the Australian crop was raised to a record large 38 million tonnes from the previous estimate of 36.6. The USDA is still calling the Russian crop at 91 million tonnes, even though many Russian reports are suggesting upwards of 100 million. In short, though, global wheat production is up 2.5 million, with consumption also increased 1.4 million. So the USDA sees an increase in wheat feeding as corn prices continue to rise and that low-protein weather-damaged wheat coming out of Australia is displacing corn in the Southeast Asian feed markets. Looking forward, though, the market will be watching the Northern Hemisphere weather and, of course, the conflict in the Black Sea. Now, enjoy today's episode and I'll hand over the reins.
1: Yes, we are going to be talking about something on Commodity Conversations we haven't talked about before. And that's horses. And the reason I'm, we're going to talk about horses is I noticed on the nutrient uh, intranet, if you like, that we've just concluded uh, a really impressive horse sale up in Tamworth, uh, grossed 17 million. In fact, that's the same number as it grossed last year. And that's over 100 million since its inception. And even more impressively, there was a, a five year old mare sold for 400,000. Now, down where we come from, and I'm from the south, We don't know much about horses, but today we've got Mark Barton on board, and uh, Mark's sort of the driving force behind this. Mark, welcome to Commodity Conversations.
2: No, great to be here, mate. Thanks for having me.
1: No problem. Um, As I said, I think most people uh, in the north would know about the Tamworth horse sales, but a lot of our listeners wouldn't. So just tell us a little bit about the history. How long has it been going? How many horses? Where do the sellers come from? Where do the horses go when they're sold? Just a bit of background on it, Mark. Yeah, look, mate,
2: it's um, it's something. This was our sixteenth sale at, at Tamworth. Um, it started. Look, I was probably uh, along with uh, Charlie Ma, who worked with us, who unfortunately passed away, he was killed in a, crane, a plane crash about oh, it'd be ten years ago now. Charlie and I were both were both this, um disgruntled vendors trying to sell horses. Um, yeah, where there was really no no genuine um, focus on it as, as, a, as, a, as a true market in its own right. It was you know, a lot of hobbyists and there was a lot of enthusiasts rather than you know, a, a bona fide industry there. And we asked for some changes that didn't eventuate. So we at the time asked the, um, the managing director of West Farmers, Giddy, it was then, um, if we could put some sort of prize pool and, and I guess replicate thoroughbred racing with a magic Millions type concept where you had to buy out of that market to be able to come back and chase incentives. So that first sale was 2008. Um, it was on the back of EI, so equine influenza, which locked down horses across Australia. You couldn't move. Then we had small permits. We took the approach that there was a lot of horse people that were getting paid to actually maintain their horses by government. Um, they hadn't been anywhere, so they're probably a bit cashed up and keen to go somewhere. So we actually had our first sale six months prior to the opening of the, the, the now well-recognised Alex Centre at Tamworth, which was an equine-specific um, project that Tamworth City Council put on. Um, so we had our first one at the Tamworth Showground, and it was the first horse event for nearly 12 months for most of it. So it drew 129 horses, uh, which grossed $1.2 million back then.
1: So did you have any concept that it would go to this level, Mark? I mean, to see... To see horses making this sort of money um, is just amazing because they're 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 going to be used um, for people in sport and and yep. camp drafting etc. Just tell us a little bit about that. I remember going up to Tamworth, my first trip up there. I think it was to the Angus conference, and we went out to this centre and saw some of these horses at work. It's just amazing when you get to look at it, isn't it?
2: It is. I guess the first part of the question: What did we think it would be? Um, we did a business plan over five years. We might have got it to 400 horses. Yeah, you know, 100 of the first year, 200, 300, you know, build it to 400. Um, what we probably didn't look at was we were the first first sales company in the world that actually um, put cow horses in front of cattle. So you actually pre-work and show the horse where he was that with with access to cattle, um, that's not been done previously. Then, or in the format that we do it, where they've got one beast to work. Um, we then also bought Australian stock horse and Australian quarter horse pedigrees, so those two stud books into the one market, which had never been done. And what we did was we unified all performance or disciplines to um, to support that one that one catalog. And I think that's what's probably been the masterstroke for it, but. Also, you need an event like that needs a home, and you know Tamworth. You you got airfare. You can you can get flights out of Brisbane direct. You can get flights direct um to Sydney. Uh, there's terrific accommodation. Uh, there's you know people can go and get a, a decent meal. You know good uh, infrastructure, pubs, you know etc. And I think. That plus a site that can house the number of horses. Like we had nearly 3,000 horses with competition and sale on site this last week. Um, There's not anywhere else that I can think of in Australia that can do that.
1: That's extraordinary. Just tell us a little bit about how you mentioned that you put the the cattle in front of the horses. Just give people who are listening to Commodity Conversations a little bit of an uh, an outline of how that might look. How do do you work the horses um, so that people can assess their value? Yes, so
2: so we've we've set up a sail ring, which is a part of the indoor arena. So it's around a 30-metre circle, I guess, or 30-metre, probably be more like 50 metres, I guess, in diameter. Um, The idea is that you can work your horse dry, which is not on cattle, show what they're up to as far as the balance and the travel and their ability to stop and turn around. Um, Then you put a cow, we we, we have an inlet um, and an outlet for cattle to come in, one beast to the horse, and they can then show – their ability to actually track cattle um, rate the pace of cattle and actually be able to step in front of a cow and stop it which like a working dog you know show their ability to 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 read their read their cow i suppose so you know that in itself with 650 um horses to go through we, we pre-work and we sell them on sale so that that in itself is you know 1300 cattle we use just to show those horses off but this week, we pre-worked on a Tuesday half the catalogue, then Wednesday. Um, so then we sell Thursday through Sunday. So at the very least, you've got a, a, another full day to get x-rays done, you know, look at the horse, re-watch that video. And it's, just, it's really helped people uh, make a more informed decision. Um, you can see people do their own videos at home, but there's nothing like that uncomfortable or that foreign environment where you see a horse, you know, warts and all. There's, there, there's no retakes. It's it's There's no dress rehearsal on sale day or pre work
1: it sounds exciting and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm booking myself in for next year, Mark, to come and have a look because I reckon it'd be fascinating to watch those horses go through their paces with, um, you know, with the handlers who, are, you know, we've all seen, I think a lot of people who don't know about horses have suddenly got a real interest and an excitement in watching Yellowstone. Um, I, I think uh, <laughs> this could be uh, our own Yellowstone, Mark, up at uh, Tamworth.
2: Look, I think what it is too. There's, a, if you look at just the culture of uh, the Australian culture and, and our history, there's a, a lot of us, and, and even yeah, you know, yeah, you know, a lot of people that have made Australia their home. There's, there's a this generational uh, connection with horses, um, yeah, you know, pioneering times onwards, and and I think there's a lot of us that have. You know, I'm lucky enough to to have grown up with them. My family did. My grandparents did. You know, their my great grandparents but that was was part of their their survival was was horses and dogs. Um I think there's a lot of people who become reintroduced to the horse. Um, you know, I I think also you look at busy times so today, team sport, regional rural communities, it's it's hard to get a team of kids to, you know, go and play a trigger where they can all commit for, you know, 12, 14 weeks solid. Um, camp drafting, um, some other cow horse disciplines, it is an individual sport, so you can actually chart your own path. If you've got other you know, life commitments. You don't feel feel that you're you're obliged to be there for a team. So I think that's a big attraction. Um, plus, there's something special about that connection. I think with with horses and humans. I think that's it, it's the, the buying and selling of a horse versus other livestock like cattle and sheep. There's a strong emotional connection. You know, people spend a long time selecting size to food mares and then raising a foal and then sending it to either have trained for them or training it themselves, it's it's quite a strong emotional connection.
1: No, absolutely. And, um, you know, I think some of the people listening to this conversation will also get that, Mark. Do you think there's, um, I mean, it's amazing that we're so mechanised and everything, but it almost seems like horses have got a bit of momentum, you know, there's more interest in horses now. Is that what you're seeing?
2: Absolutely. Um, look, what we've we've seen is look. This year we we're six hundred and fifty horses. Uh, last September, with our over five year old horses, which is what we call our open age or, or or our masters graduate age group, we've actually had to start a second sale in September to try and accommodate those. Um, we turned away nearly two hundred horses from the catalogue this year, and. We also had newcomers limited to one horse and people that have been there for three to five years, two horses. And our founding vendors who originally had no limit, then six, are now limited to three just to allow more people to participate. So we've had to break into a second sale. Uh, We've got Toowoomba, which is a ridden, uh, it's the home of our yearlings and our brood mares. It's gone from 100-odd to 400-odd horses. Uh, There's incentives there. And... We're going to a second year where we've been asked by the original committee of the Horse of the North, which is a Charters Towers, to make that the Nutrien Northern Performance Horse Style. So we've now got yeah, three um, signature sales of our own, and we've got, got nearly $650,000 worth of incentives that Nutrien put up each year at, at Tamworth, Toowoomba and Charters Towers now.
1: That's amazing. Can you just I mean, I can't help but pick up the passion in your voice and the and the um enthusiasm when you're talking about horses, Mark. can you just talk a little bit about how you see you know the advantage of of horses, especially in working cattle? I mean, what what do you see happen when people use horses in 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 their cow herds?
2: Yeah, look it's an interesting one. The further south you go, the the smaller the acreage or the smaller the land holdings, and, People are generally bikes and and you know cyber sides or, or other vehicles and dogs. Um, the northern pastoral guys are still very reliant. Like we have one client there bought seventeen horses, thirteen of those were plant horses to um you know, to to sit, set up on their stations for uh, for jackaroos, jillaroos to get work done. If you look at this is my personal view, you look at the time lost in getting horses to a um, to, to do the work on on a property. Um, is more than compensated by the difference in, in, in handle. Um, I think the doability of, horse, of cattle, if you look at, you know, a bloke who's going to hurry to get a job done on a motorbike revving behind cattle all the time, they're always pushing cattle at, at a pace, whereas if you look at cow and horse in the morning, they both tend to knock up at about the same pace. So yeah. it, it's more consistent. Um, I think any, any cow herd that's handled on horseback is is yeah you know, a very – um it, it, there's, there's – Oh, and benefits to them. The cattle are, are easier to handle. You're not ripping after stock, and I think you'll get that uh, that weight gain in cattle. I think too, particularly your uh, your, your trade stock, your yearlings, and you know, cattle that you're chasing weight gain. I think you know good dogs and good horses you know assist in that uh, that process where they gain weight.
1: And I imagine that would translate through to cow and calves as well. Like looking, at, you know, managing yeah. calving programs.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think if you, you you see a lot from horseback too, you, whether it's just riding, if you are looking at you know weed management or you know you're, you're finding things when you just you, you're sitting behind a mob of cattle, you're finding that broken wire on a fence, or you're you're finding things that go on. Um, it's also, I think, it's probably fairly therapeutic if you jump on a, jump on a saddle and go go on, on a horseback. At the end of the day, it might be a hot day, but you've actually, I think it's it's good it's good for you personally too. I think it's a it's it's another pursuit that you see a lot of people competing or working on on horseback that you know well into their seventies uh, and, and older that are you know still I, I, you see men uh, that uh, camped after this week well in their seventies you see them on a horse and you swear they're like in their thirties or forties like they're still agile it's 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 good good to keep the body moving too
1: absolutely and I remember seeing R M Williams on a horse and I think he was eighty plus. Um, look, it's fantastic talking to you, Mark, from uh, from Nutrien and uh, and the work you've done with uh, the, getting this horse sale to where it is has certainly got everybody enthused. You mentioned that, uh, and you're quite right in saying down south the acres are a bit small, but up north the hats are a bit bigger too. Do we need um, do we need to bring a hat, a big hat, when we come up, or do you reckon you could find one for us when we get there?
2: Mate, look, I think that's part of the, the Nutrien, yeah, the classic experience. It's not just a sale; it's an event now. Um, I think what we've done, there's not a trade site available. We've got a waiting list for traders, indoor and outside. And, you know, look, Mavericks, I'll mention one, one name. Like they've been a terrific sponsor of ours since the inception of the sale. Um, great clothing company. They, they manufacture their own hats. We get them purpose-made um, or handcrafted. They've got, you know, jeans. like all, your, all your, your Western country apparel's there. Um, if you're there looking for tacks, so bridles, saddles, those sort of things. We've got terrific support there, um, horse rugs, you know, whatever it might be. But that, that's one thing. Anyone that does go there, you might find particularly someone that's only looking to buy mares, for example, there'll be a run of 15 or 20 geldings and they'll go and get a cup of coffee or they'll go browsing through the shops or do something else, you know, and, and it, it does fill in the day. And there's, I think, the other one, which is important, um, regional areas, we, we've got that social connection. A lot of people catch up. Maybe only once a year at the Classic. Um, we've got a Classic Ladies Foundation, which is independent of the, of the nutrient team, but started there and they're in their eighth year and they're uh, what are they eight thousand dollars short of a million dollars in charity um, fundraising. And all their focus is on regional rural charities that, that, that support, like the F- Royal Flying Doctors, was one of theirs again this year. Um, uh, they also had um, PanCare, so sort of pancreatic cancers. So they've they've always. You have got something which I think is, is again, a a strong connection to, you know, people in regional and particularly remote areas where things like Flying Doctors have saved, you know, so many lives. But it's good to have that um, emotional connection to it, not just the financial transaction.
1: I think you've, uh, Mark, you've done a really good uh, sell on uh, rural Australia and the the connections. You've also managed, Mark, to be the first person to get an ad in on Commodity Conversations for uh, Maverick, (laughs) so well done. Um, Mark, I've got I've got a daughter who quite often books me up for a road trip and says, where are we going to go? I think you've just told us where we're going to go next year. And um, I really thank you for your time. Congratulations and well done on, um, you know, keeping the horse business alive and actually getting it up and running as you've done. Well done.
2: No, my pleasure, mate. Look, and, and again, it, we, we facilitate it. Um, chance to say, yeah, thank you to those, those breeders, vendors, purchases, but particularly the trainers, the people who put in the miles to present an Australian product. I think that's one of the things we talked about. Um, it is a sales that does have global recognition and I think the Australian performance horse we should be very proud of what we've gotten not just what we've bred but the way we do present that that to the market and into the world so I think as an industry uh, which it is now it's not just a, a pastime it's, it's a it's a fully fledged industry that um, should be very very proud of how, we've, uh, how we' how how we pre- present ourselves and how we um, how we perceive.
1: Well, thanks, Mark. And let's catch up again before the Classic next year and uh, let's talk about it. And I look forward to getting up your way and catching up soon. All the best.
2: Look forward to it, mate. All the best.